G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. Christmas. God becomes a man, Jesus. Kind of like a message in a bottle. You find the bottle, you pick it up, you pull out the cork, you're about to pull out the message. Wonder what it says. Hi, I'm Bernie Diamond, and it's great to be back with you again. Today on the program, we're going to be taking a look at God's message for you this Christmas from a different perspective. We've been on a bit of a journey so far on the program this week, a little series that I've called Message in a Bottle. We've been walking along a beach, seen a bottle on the sand with a message inside it and wondered, gee, do I open the bottle or do I pass it by? It seems to me that that's what Christmas is like. Sure, we do family things, but at its heart, Christmas is about the birth of Jesus Christ, God in the flesh, a message in a bottle. And just like that bottle lying in the sand... We have a choice. Pass it by, or stop, bend over, pull out the cork, read the message. If you've been able to catch the programs over the last few days, my prayer is that you're ready, ready to open the bottle. Because that's what we're going to do today. Bend down, pick it up, pull out the cork, and read the message. What is the thing that God's wanting to say to us through this this little baby in a manger? As you and I unroll the crumpled old message... I wonder, what are we expecting it to say? Well, I can tell you what I expected it to say. Bernie, you stuffed up. I expected it to be a great long list of the things that I'd done wrong. I mean, I remember them all. Why wouldn't God? And anyhow, isn't that what religion is all about? One big guilt trip? All these years later, I still sometimes expect him to unroll that great long list but he never has. In fact, I could swear, well, it seems like he's forgotten all those things. So what's the heart of God's message at Christmas time? Why send Jesus at all? Why not just be done with it? If, if we stuffed up, wait for us to say sorry, forgive us, and let's get on with it. I mean, that's what we do with our kids, right? Why the theatrics? Why, why Christmas and Easter? I'm sorry to be blunt, but that's what I used to think. God's God, he makes the rules. Why bother with Christmas? I'm going to share today with you some of my journey. Because in part, all those things were going through my head when I stooped down to pick up that bottle. And as I pulled out the cork, and as I started unrolling the message, the thing that first hit me about Christmas is that Christmas is so different to the Christmas that I'd celebrated. Maybe you go to church in the morning, then it's family, friends, a barbecue or roast turkey or whatever it is, a bit of a snooze in the afternoon. But when you look at the brutal reality of that first Christmas in detail, and we'll do that in a few weeks' time, it's pretty tough. Here's a quick executive summary. Mary and Joseph have a tough journey, 
over several weeks from Nazareth in the north to Jerusalem in the south. She's pregnant. They get there. There's nowhere to stay. They end up in a grotty stable. The baby is born. What was God saying to me through that? I mean, he stepped out of the air-conditioned comfort of heaven to the bottom of the heap in my world. I don't know about you, but that speaks volumes to me. Why would he do that? Because I'd always thought of religion as being big and and institutional with big, majestic cathedrals and and crimson-clad clergy and, and pomp and ceremony and rules and regulations. God didn't choose any of that. He he picked a stable in Bethlehem. He stepped into my world. And the more I learned, the more I discovered that for the couple of thousand years leading up to this, God had been talking to Israel, his chosen people. Why did he choose them? I don't know. He just did. He's talking to them through men called prophets. And Israel rejected them all. They rejected God over and over again. They killed most of the prophets. And here Jesus comes in to Israel during the Roman occupation, a brutal rule into the Malay that God sends his son. Jesus later went on to tell this story in a parable. He, he said, listen to this parable. There was a landowner who planted a vineyard. He put a wall around it, dug a wine press in it and built a watchtower. Then he rented the vineyard out to some farmers and he went away on a journey. At harvest time, he sent his servants to the tenants to collect his fruit. The tenants seized the servants. They beat one, killed another, stoned the third, and then he sent other servants to them more than the first time, and the tenants treated them the same way. Last of all, he sent his son. They'll respect my son, he thought. But when the tenants saw the son, they said to each other, This is the heir. Come on, let's kill him and take his inheritance. So they took him and threw him out of the vineyard and killed him. The thing that gets me about God and Jesus and Christmas is that God always knew his son would be killed at the hands of his chosen people. So the servants are talking about the prophets of old. The son, of course, is talking about Jesus, the message in the bottle. They smashed the bottle and tore up the message. It's a weird thing for God to do, don't you think? Until you realise that Jesus rose from the dead again. Until we realise that this was always part of God's plan for Jesus to die and to suffer and to pay for our sins. I mean, you can read about it. The prophet Isaiah wrote about it centuries before. It's in Isaiah chapter 53, verses 2 to 10. Have a listen. He's talking about Jesus here. He grew up before him like a tender shoot and like a root out of the dry ground. He had no beauty or majesty to attract us to him, nothing in his appearance that we should desire him, He was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and familiar with suffering. Like one from whom men would hide their faces, he was despised and we esteemed him not. Surely he took up our infirmities and carried our sorrows, yet we considered him stricken by God, smitten by him and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him, and by his wounds we are healed. We all, like sheep, have gone astray. Each one of us has turned to his own way. And the Lord has laid upon him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and afflicted, yet he didn't open his mouth. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before her shearers is silent. So he did not open his mouth. By oppression and judgment he was taken away. And who can speak of his descendants? For he was cut off from the land of the living. For the transgression of my people he was stricken. 
He was assigned a grave with the wicked and with the rich in his death, though he had done no violence, nor was there any deceit in his mouth. Yet it was the Lord's will to crush him and cause him to suffer. And though the Lord makes his life a guilt offering, he will see his offspring and prolong his days, and the will of the Lord will prosper in his hands. See, this, this prophecy by Isaiah was written about Jesus centuries before it actually happened with amazing accuracy. And when you and I take a fresh look at Christmas through these eyes, the eyes of God, this heart that God had to send his son to pay for all our mistakes. Christmas speaks to us of a love so great that there just aren't any words to describe it. Just maybe one word, Jesus. Christmas was never a plan B. Christmas wasn't about, gee, my relationship with my people doesn't work, I'll send someone else. God always knew when he created us, humanity that we turn away from him and one day one day he would have to send his son to slip quietly into this world one day he would send his son through that stable in Bethlehem to say to you and me don't you realize how much I love you with the power to transform your life, to help you be all that God made you to be. And that's what the Fresh Daily Devotional is all about. It's completely free and I'd love to send it to you. Each day you'll receive a life-changing scripture together with some words of inspiration, hope and encouragement from me delivered right to your inbox where you can choose to read, listen or watch the daily video. It's completely up to you. Remember, God's word is the power to change and it's fresh for you each day. You can subscribe to receive your free daily devotional at freshdevotional.org or give us a call toll-free on 1-300-722-415 to request the printed devotional if that works better for you. Again, that's freshdevotional.org or 1-300-722-415. My prayer is that your heart will be touched and transformed as you draw ever closer to Jesus through the power of His Word. I'm Bernie Diamond. Catch you again same time tomorrow with a different perspective. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.